What's going on, guys? I just want to let you know that I am a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. If you like this show and if you're listening to this, I really hope you do, go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com for more shows like this one. We've got shows like Breaking the Panel. They talk about all the hot topics in comic books today. We've got Botched, a D&D podcast. A bunch of friends get together, get trashed, and go through the fifth edition of Dungeons & Dragons. We have Pokemon Go, many other shows. Please go there and check that out. And as always, like the Blazing Defender Report. And now, for your listening pleasure, the Blazing Defender Report with your host, Travis Joe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Blazing Defender Report. Man, I've got to give mad props to Mike Woodard for creating that theme song. I love that shit. Man, it gets me pumped up. I hope it does you too, and it should, goddammit. Because we're talking about something that we all love. If you're in this chat or you're watching this show or you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher or Blog Talk or wherever you listen to the podcast at, this is something we all love, right? We all love comic books. We all love comic book movies. We all love sci-fi. We all love fantasy. We all love it all. And that's what this show's about, guys. So if you know anybody that you think might like this show, give them a share. Give them a shout. Say, hey, man, check out the Blazing Defender on these avenues and because uh, it would help me out a lot and I really appreciate it. Uh, okay, moving on. Uh, I have a great show for you. Um, I always say that, right? I don't, I don't know if they ever are, <laughs> but I always plan for them to be. Um, we've got to talk about the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer that just dropped uh, today. Was it yesterday? Today? I think it was today. Um, I seen it today for the first time. I thought it was pretty cool. So we're going to check that out. Uh, also, we're going to talk about probably the worst spy, and at least Marvel continuity is concerned. Uh, we're going to talk about his ass a little later. We're going to talk about a superhero that is possibly getting a new power that could kind of change everything. We're going to talk about that, too. One and two kind of coincide with each other. Uh, and as always, guys, we're going to talk about comic books. And let me just say, I know I always say this. But like some weeks are just better than others, right? Like if you if you buy comic books or you read comic books on a regular basis, then you know that sometimes uh, some comic books just aren't good, and sometimes it's a shit week, and sometimes you have a phenomenal week. And I haven't even read everything for this week, and I'm already so impressed. Like, man, the first two books I read today, I was like, oh my god. Pick of the week. This can't be beat. Then the next comic. Holy shit. It beat it. It's the pick of the week. Like, dude, great, great week for comic books. So uh, that's got me really fucking excited. I cannot wait to tell you about what I read this week. So, man, my notes are a jumbling mess here. Okay. First of all, I want to uh, give two shout outs real quick. Uh, I want to shout out Mawfish. Mawfish is a collectible toy company. Uh, they're fantastic. Uh, Collector's Own, they're my heart. You know that. And Collector's Own is going to help you with a lot of stuff. But Mawfish is really, really good, too. It's a one-man operation, so it's not as large. Uh, but they're doing you know high-end collectibles. Uh, John is a very, very approachable. So Mawfish.com, check it out. 
Um, and the Zone Comic Shop. If you live in the Louisville area and you're not buying your comic books at the Zone, you really should be. It's a great comic shop. The staff is knowledgeable and helpful, and the place just looks amazing. If they don't have it, Dan's going to find it for you. And Dan is as big a nerd as they come. He's going to help you find whatever you're looking for. Uh, I had a guy ask me the other day, hey, man, uh, I'm thinking about reading Deadpool. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, like, where do you want to start? Because I'm good, I'm stalling for time because I don't know. Like, for one thing, I don't read Deadpool, but I know there's a ton of Deadpool titles. How do you steer a guy like that? The Good and the Bad and the Ugly was my favorite Deadpool story, so that's what I, I told him to go. But if he's wanting to buy an ongoing, I said, man, if you're going to the zone, talk to Dan. Because, you know, Dan buys this shit. Dan deals with it every week. He's going to be able to put you in the right direction. So the Zone Comic Shop here in Louisville, Kentucky, fantastic. All right, guys, um, we're get into it, man. We're get into it. All right. First of all, we got to talk about this motherfucker, and I say this motherfucker because that's what he would say to me, right? This motherfucker might be the worst spy in Marvel history. Okay, uh, the Master of Secrets is. Nick Fury, Sam Jackson, not so much. So in a recent interview, Sam may have, may have let it out of the bag that Captain Marvel has time travel abilities. Okay. Now let's just, let's go down the list here. Um, now, I know there's some there's some guys that are going to listen to this are going to say that they're huge Captain Marvel fanboys. That's fine. I, I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, but she can already move planets. That's from Kevin Feige. So that's probably accurate. And now Sam Jackson was like, well, she's the only superhero that can travel through time. What the fuck are you talking about, Sam? Yeah. So now she's got another crazy ability. Okay, so I'm not really sure what to think about all this. Now, this is an actor in an interview. He could be confused or Sam could be fucking with all of us and giving us a red herring. The Russo brothers have done it to us for fucking years. Sam maybe wants to get in on the act. That's cool. I'm cool with that. Uh, I really don't understand the whole why they would even give her this ability. They were so, so secretive about the the tr- the, uh, the title because the title was going to give away the movie, right? It's a huge spoiler in the title. We can't even release it. Well, it really wasn't. The Russo brothers was like, you did not hear the title in Infinity War. So don't bother. Doctor Strange even said us. Said it. We're in the end game. So that was bullshit. Um, I tend to think that this is Sam either being confused or purposely trying to fuck with us. I don't understand why they would give her that ability. Do you see what I'm saying? So uh, I'm curious to know what you guys think about it. Like, do you think Sam's full of shit? I, I personally kind of think he does. He is full of shit. On this, um, I think he's fucking with us. I do think I think he's getting a big kick out of, I mean, all the websites, all the social media. Hell, it's made it on my show. Um, you know, and I typically don't give 
credibility or credence to shit that I think's crap or clickbait or whatever. I mean, he obviously said it, but uh, so let's talk about this for a minute. Okay, so Marvel ha- may have time traveling abilities. So all these set photos that we have seen that look like from the Battle of New York with Ant-Man there, uh, we don't see Marvel. Not saying that she's not there, but you know, I just don't I just don't see why they would change the character from the comic books so much. Like this makes no sense to me. Um not only is it a huge spoiler, I just think Sam's smarter than that. Um, but it, 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 it is leading people down the wrong path. And what I mean by that is now people are going to expect her to be able to time travel. And then if they don't give us something as cool, like I think the quantum realm, that's how they're going to get into it. I feel like that these time vortices that, um, uh, that Hank Pym was talking about before, uh, Lang went into the uh, the quantum generator that, at the end of Ant-Man Wasp. I think that is going to be the catalyst that gets them through time. We see in the trailer, uh, Cap is looking at a surveillance video of it looks like Ant-Man out in front of the gate. And the surveillance video looks very dated. The camera looks dated. It's like black and white. There's like this thing up in the corner of the screen if you really zoom in it, it, it looks it looks dated even it doesn't have a date on it uh and that could be purpose purposely done because marvel has done that to us before right they've done that before they've uh showed hulk jumping in uh brett hey brett i'm just talking about your girl man you're just in time buddy um, so they have red herring us before with this. I, I don't, uh, Brett for, since you just joined in, I know you're like, you're like the biggest captain. Yeah. Uh, that's just what I'm talking about. Uh, for one thing, Sam Jackson, the worst spy ever. Um, you know, he let it out of the bag. Did he let it out of the bag? I, I tend to think this is bullshit. I don't, I think he's fucking with us. I think he's pulling a Russo on us. Um, I don't think she has time traveling abilities. This is a far, far, far um, exit from the character she is in the comic books. And so, as I was saying earlier, she can already move planets. So now she can fucking time travel. I mean, dude, is she a celestial? Is she Galactus? I mean... Well, nobody has a shot uh, if she can do all this shit. So I just I, I, I think it's crap. Um, I don't think it's what is going to be. I think Sam's messing with this. I don't think he's dumb enough to spoil a movie quite like this. Um, I think everything that he was told to say, he has said. And then I think he's I think he's red herring us a la the Russo brothers. So. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. And again, the trailer, I know I've said this before. I think the reason that she is so, uh, her lines come off so emotionless is because of this Creed brainwashing that they're giving her. I'm sure, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that as the movie progresses that she is going to become more human, show more emotion. Uh, I think she looks dope. And you know from way back when they said they were making this movie, I want the I want the Mohawk. I want the, the Carol Danvers Mohawk. 
and the scene where the helmet and the hairs coming out of the helmet and when the helmet like materializes off her face her hair falls down i thought that was dope i was like ee that's awesome so um i'm not gonna say i'm excited about it yet because it's larson's her reciting of lines it's really really got me bummed out right now but i'm i'm keeping my fingers crossed man um Jason Jones says she smiles in the movie and she's out of character as well. Yeah, see, like, I didn't even get bent out of shape by that. But I don't think it's so much her not smiling. It's her, just her monotone face or expressionless face as she's giving her lines. And it's like when Fury and her are driving in the car. This is what I keep coming back to because it makes me cringe. They're driving in the car and he's like, so the Kree are like uh, a race of, of, of warriors. And she's like hero warriors you know and i'm like oh it's just really coming off bad man so we know she can act i'm hoping that yeah i didn't call her brie olsen this time so yeah yay for me uh so yeah i'm really hoping that she delivers really 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 hoping uh but i'm telling you the the fight scenes and everything i think they look great um, I think when she's binary and she's flying through and wrecking, wrecking looks like, I guess, scroll ships. Uh, I think that's dope. But let me ask you this. And, um, I think it's very strange that Marvel release releases this movie a little less than a month away is Endgame. I just, I, I feel like, so they're only going to get like six weeks of box office, before in-game releases in-game is what april 26 i think she's march so i mean maybe four weeks of box office and then because no one's going to go see marvel after in-game comes out right well you might um she's obviously going to have a big part in game so maybe the people that skip marvel to go see in-game which a lot of people are gonna go see in-game we know that right they may be like hey man this captain marvel character was fucking badass let's go watch her movie so, but it will have been out four weeks. I don't know. I think it's very strange. Marvel has not done that in the past. So are they foreseeing a, I don't want to say bomb. Okay. Cause we're not on an airplane. So I can say bomb. So are they, they expecting a less than stellar performance out of Captain Marvel? They're putting a lot of stock in her and her movie for it for them not to feel like it's good. Do you see what I'm saying? But I just feel like the timing is really, really strange. Um, yeah, Brett says, plus Aquaman fever died off at the end of the third week. Well, it it did, but things that have a huge opening, which Aquaman did, they always fall off. You can't, you can't sustain record-breaking box office opening weekend for three weeks. It's going to fall off. Spider-Man Homecoming was one of the biggest drop-offs Marvel has seen from opening weekend. It it was massive, and then it really went down. It went down such a percentage, it like was the record for the biggest drop-off. Now, Spider-Man Homecoming, I'm not sure what it did, uh, you know, domestically, but it was really, really good, right? It may have hit a billion dollars. I'm not sure. I, I would. I'm pretty sure it did. I'm not sure. Maybe somebody in the chat will know. Um, yes, Brett, I totally agree. Aquaman was visual. 
eye candy. The fight scenes were great. Momoa was great. I love the story. It's Thor, but it's a better Thor. Okay, Wonder Woman was Cap. Maybe even a better movie than First Avenger. Uh, Aquaman was very, very good. The things that I didn't like about it, the good things far, far outweighed those. So uh, if you haven't seen last week's episode where Big Sam and I reviewed Aquaman, you should check it out because I thought there were a lot of good points for and against the movie. The movie was not perfect by any means, but it was still a damn good movie. So speaking of um, the trailer, we're going to uh, we're going to check it out because you know we do shit like that on the show now. So uh, here we're going to check out the uh, Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. The official trailer, by the way. Oh, Aunt May! How I love Aunt May. <laughs> I tell you, man, I'm not a Spider-Man fan. You guys know this, but Tom Holland is amazing. Looks great. Now, before before I go any further, I just want to say that it's I think it's odd. Like there's been some debate online, does this come before Infinity War or after Infinity War? Okay? We don't really know from this. Now, there has been speculation that this is after Endgame. I'm sorry, Endgame, not before Infinity War. Before Infinity War, after Endgame, is what I meant to say. So there has been speculation that this is after Endgame and Stark is not around. Now we'll get to that, but... And then Mary Jane being her sweet, sarcastic self. And this is a fantastic moment. <laughs> oh, Ned. Nice to finally meet you, Spider-Man. You're Nick Fury. Put some clothes on. Let's go for a ride. Is he going to be okay like that? Might want to turn him over so he doesn't swallow his tongue. Nick Fury just hijacked So, obviously, Fury... Either Peter changed his mind and grabbed the suit, or Nick had a suit for him. Awesome. Very, very cool. Now, this obviously looks like maybe Sandman. That was Molten Man that they showed briefly. Now, this is where I want to go back to because this is kind of what got me excited. I don't know about you all or not. Well, shit. All right. God damn it. Go back. Go back. Go up. Right there. No, shit. Didn't do it. All right. Fuck it. All right. 
Um, I wanted to show you the the stealth suit is what they're calling it, but comic fans will remember this as it's a very it's almost an exact replica of the Spider-Man Noir suit, which was from an alternate uh, dimension. It was alternate dimension Spider-Man. Um, and apparently, I think he's in uh, the Spider-Verse movie, from what someone has told me. So, very, very, very cool suit. Now, this is Hydro Man, right here. Now, this is where it gets interesting. And I think, and, and, and look, I was not a fan of the Jake Gyllenhaal uh, casting, but let's be honest. He looks fantastic. They need to explain this suit, and I'm sure they will. But uh, Hall's a fantastic actor. But this, it was I, when he showed up like that, and I was like, oh, shit, that's dope. Yeah. Looks dope. Yeah, looks great, right? Oh, Flash. That's hilarious. It would be really interesting if they did make a Venom with that Flash Thompson. I think that would be fantastic Um, because that dude's funnier than shit. So here, let me go back to the spy that can't keep any fucking secrets, uh, Nick Fury. But here, I want to show you. um, Here, I'll put this up because it is specific to what we're talking about. Um, Yeah, so Spider-Man is obviously abroad um he's didn't take his suit fury needs his help as per you know what's what fury does uh so i sorry i didn't see um minutes after end game okay so let's see i'm just catching up with the chat guys th- th- 30 minutes at 30 minutes after end game jesus christ All right. uh he does look badass yeah, yeah. Uh, Jay Jay said uh, Nehru from uh, the Nerds at Work said that um, yeah, it's very comic book accurate. Yeah, I mean it looks fucking exactly like it. I thought I had one. Um, yeah, how funny is Flash, man? Flash is fucking fantastic. I love Flash, dude. Uh, make him Venom, man. Make him Venom. Um, I thought I had a pick of the spider suit up close, but I don't. All right, so I don't. But it looks great. Uh, now, this is this is one of the points I wanted to make about this trailer as opposed to the Captain Marvel trailer. This trailer shows you just enough to get you very, very excited, right? Whereas Captain Marvel, it just it's not working. And, and I'm not saying it's not working for everybody. It's some people are fucking super hyped. Some people are not. So me being one of those people. So I don't know many people that are going to say that about Spider-Man trailer. I mean, we got Molten Man. We got uh, Hydro Man. We have Sandman. Uh, you've got Mysterio. And, and, and I also want to make this point. Um, Mysterio is looking to take, like, I guess a page out of Baron Mordo's uh, playbook from being maybe a hero in the beginning and then something through the course of the movie switches him over to the dark side. We don't know what that is. Cause like, he's like, Hey man, back out. I've got this. You don't want no part of this. 
So, like, he's telling Spider-Man that shit. That's pretty cool, right? So, what happens? So, it's going to be storytelling, right? That's what we want to see. Great visuals, great fight scenes in an awesome story. And I love that hero gone bad shit. Um, yeah. I know Casey, but all right, this is this is this was what I had in mind. He's he says, Man, I'm shocked you haven't seen Spider-Verse yet. It's incredible. Everybody has told me that. I really want to see Bumblebee. Even though I'm not a Transformers guy, everybody has told me how fantastic Bumblebee is. So I need Bumblebee's first, and then Spider-Verse will be the next. Um, unless maybe one jumps into a time slot that I can do. Um or he faked the whole thing like Mysterio would in the start. Yeah, that's true. Yes, Mysterio could have a an ulterior motive here, right? Uh, but again, I thought it was very odd that Baron Mordo was like the character he played in Doctor Strange. And then through the whole course of the movie, he actually had a bigger character arc than Doctor Strange did, if you think about it. Because he's a very, uh, you know, benevolent person in the beginning. And then at the end, he's like, dude, I know what I'm supposed to do now. Fuck, you know, I've got to change this. You know, this is up to me, you know. So I thought I thought that was really cool. And um, so, yeah, I, I think it's really neat that they're going this route. Love Tom Holland. Very, very excited for the Spider-Man. Um, very excited for the Spider-Man movie. As I'm sure you guys are. I know you guys are. Uh, really quick, man. All right. That's all I have for movie news, guys. Um, really quick, what I what I want to do is, um, as far as comics go, I want to show you guys something I thought was pretty interesting. So the 2018 numbers are out, obviously. Some of you may have seen this. But um, Marvel was the top publisher. I'm going to show you this real quick. Marvel Comics was the top publisher at 38.24. You can read it. DC Image, IDW, which uh, kind of shocked me. They were above Dark Horse. Dynamite, Viz Media was above Titan and Oni. I, I was very sh shocked at that. Haven't read many titles from either one of those. Um, Dynamite Entertainment, of course, the home of the Shirtless Bear Fighter, one of the greatest comic books written of all time. <laughs> um, so Marvel was number one. But check this shit out. This is what I wanted to show you. Marvel did not have the top book. Anybody want to guess? Anybody want to throw the, the guesses in the chat out there? All right, you get a you get a you get a prize. You get a hey man, you're right. Um, so this is pretty interesting, right? They didn't have the top book. So who did have the top book? Boom, Brian Michael Bendez, Action Comics one thousand, uh, the Superman story. It was, was it was a milestone issue, right? Uh, Spider Man right underneath it, Batman, Fantastic Four, amazing. The rest of it is Marvel, other than the Batman who laughs at number eight, I guess. Retail rank was number eight. So yeah, that was kind of a shock to me. Like, um, even though it is a milestone issue, I just I don't know. I was I was a little little shocked by that uh but yeah pretty interesting you know marvel again still doing it comic wise um yeah magic order is magic order not on there it's crazy um so yeah 799 dude oh it was huge kurt the the, the issue was huge it was uh, golly how many pages was it 80 pages it was something really crazy it had several different stories in it 
Um, you know, but main, mainly it was tying up the story arc from what, what Bendis had started. So yeah, uh, it wasn't great to me, but whatever. Um, you know, I'm just not a big, you know, um, not, not a big Bendis fan to be honest, but it just, it just wasn't, it wasn't a great issue, but it doesn't mean anything. Again, it was a thousandth issue. So milestone issue, of course. All right, guys, we're going to get into some comic books uh, because, man, good week for fucking comic books, guys. We're good week. All right. So first, I want to go. I'm going to start with this guy because he's finally back at Marvel. Uh, Not back at Marvel, but, you know, Marvel's doing Conan comic books again, which I think a lot of us were excited about because I'm sure when you were a kid, you had to picked up a Conan book. Okay. Now, these covers are done by Asad Rebek. They are fucking gorgeous. The issue one's uh, issue was gorgeous. I ended up buying the variant uh, of issue one because it was so awesome. Um, it was a good story. It was cool. Um, <laughs> Jason Jones said, I can't stand 80 words, uh, 80 words from Michael Bendis. Um, so, yeah, Conan. So, first issue was really cool. He, was, he ended up being attacked by this witch. Uh, it was very reminiscent of the movie, and so was this issue, and I'll get to that. He was attacked by this witch. So here's the deal. Conan has escaped death so many times, his blood now has magic in it. Every time you escape death, your blood has is charged with like this dark magic, okay? Death magic, they call it. So this witch is trying to basically resurrect her old body. Like she's old and shit, so she wants to like resurrect herself. And she needs Conan's blood to do it. Well, obviously she didn't get Conan's blood. But this is something that's going to be ongoing in the Conan book, right? So in this issue here... He's in a faraway land, obviously, but he's away from Chimera, and he's fighting these this tribe called Picts. Now, Picts are basically Indians. You can think of them as Native Americans, um, and they're fighting Conan. Conan is out for revenge because this group that he was with, these Picts, like, killed everybody he was with. So now Conan's like, I'm going to go collect 14 heads for all my fallen brothers or all my fallen comrades. Well, he didn't stop at 14. He's still killing picks. So what happens is he ends up f- coming across this group. They call them ghost snakes. And they're the hu- these huge albino snakes. Basically, it's, I mean, this is a, this is Conan as Conan gets. It's brutal. It's violent. It looks really, really good. And I'm just, I'm so glad Conan's back at Marvel. But what happens is he he ends up getting saved by a shaman of these picks. The shaman leader saves him, even though the rest of the tribe wants Conan fucking dead. They want to flame and they want to smoke out of his skull, which that sounds fucking awesome, right? If I had a a nemesis, which I've got a couple, uh... I'd really like to melt their heads, like melt the skin and shit off their head and like fucking stick a cigar in their fucking nose and smoke out of it. Like smoke coming out of the eyeballs and shit. It'd be fucking dope. Uh, But yeah, so that's what they want to do to Conan. So why don't they, right? They had their chance, but they saved him. He was full of the snake venom. He killed all of them, but in his injuries, he should have died. The shaman saves him and he has a reason. 
there's a king ghost snake and something is driving these snakes to be more um uh, aggressive and he's like none of us will be left but i feel like you were brought here for a reason i've talked them out of killing you because you're gonna hunt this king ghost snake so conan's like i owe a debt to you because you saved my life you're on so he takes this group of warriors now that could be the story right it would still be okay no they go, they go further. Jason Aaron is one of the best writers in comic books today. So what he does is he creates this environment of they hate him, they hate him, but Conan is working so hard. They're hunting these snakes tribe or uh, horde by horde until the king snake comes out, and they start to respect Conan. Conan never bitches. He just fucking gets the job done. Uh, they don't give him any wine or anything. Fuck him. Let him let him die of thirst, you know. And Conan doesn't say shit, but he gets the fucking job done. And even they, even though they hate him, they begin to respect him. So what ends up happening is Conan ends up seeing these picks for more than just mindless savages. Pot calling the kettle black, right? And the shaman starts to tell him, hey, man. You're not one of these civilized people. You're fucking savage. You're us. Stay here with us. Make a life here with us. This is where you belong. And Conan, he's he's battling with it, man. Uh, I don't want to give away the end, but it's a really, 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 really cool uh, how this develops into a very good story at the end with a moral uh, but Conan is still true to the Conan character, which makes it even better. Jason Aaron, man, when he understands a character, there may be nobody better. And he really understands the, the Vikings. He really understands like native Indians, like this, a savage culture. Uh, I'm not saying all Indians are savage, I'm not saying that, but he's, he just has a, a great, uh, he can give a great voice to characters like that, and he's nailing Conan. So after the first two issues of Conan, I'm on board, man. It's in my pool list. Uh, I give this issue a solid seven and a half. The art is good. It's very 80s. Like I remember, you know, like the Conan comic books, uh, maybe from 70s even. But it's very, very good. The stories are great, and again, there's going to be this ongoing with this witch trying to get Conan's blood. So, uh, great issue, man, uh, but not near the best of what I've read today. And I haven't even read everything today. Oh, uh, I wanted to give you a shot, too, of what the artwork looks like. This is Conan when he meets the King Snake, finally. Um, like a, it's a big coat, like the rest of them look like, like vipers. This one looks more like a, like a cobra. You see the, the flared back and everything on him, but Conan, man, it, it's, it's brutal. And I love it. Uh, it's like a Conan comic book should be right. Of course. Okay. Uh, for the next book guys, we've got one of the best books. It made the list of 2018 for me. Uh, Gideon Falls. Gideon Falls uh, by Jeff Lamar and Adrian Sorrento. Sorrentino, I'm sorry, Sorrentino. They, this book, man, I'm telling you, if they do not do something with this book on HBO or Cinemax or Netflix, it's a fucking travesty. This is a fantastic book. Uh, it's horror. It's a horror genre book. Lamar is telling, he's weaving this 
horror story that all falls behind this red barn, this red barn that really nobody can find, but people have seen it. And what happens in this issue, man, like every issue you get another clue and it just, it makes you want the next issue that much more. It's what a good story does, right? Well, they really, really nailed it in this issue because we've kind of wondered, like we've got this uh, Norton Sinclair, who's this mental patient that is going around the city collecting trash, but he's not collecting trash. What we find out is he's collecting pieces of this red barn. Okay. And once his psychiatrist actually sees the barn with her own eyes, this only then she believed Norton. So then in Gideon Falls, we have a priest who has been sent there because he's basically been kicked out of every other parish because he's got issues, drinking issues and everything else. But he was sent there for a reason. The last pastor was killed suspiciously. And this is where the red barn originated was Gideon Falls. So as he's trying to piece together pieces of a murder that happened in the red barn, you've got People that witness the red barn, but no one can find it. And now you've got this guy, Norton. Now, we've never seen them occupy the same space in the comic. So I think maybe you can see where I'm going with this. Um, So as Norton starts to recreate part of the door of the red barn and Norton, or I'm sorry, the, the priest finds out the land that the red barn originated from, but it's gone now. It's a landfill now. See, are we getting the connection here? And as you can see, Sorrentino's art, man, is it's mind blowing. It's it's it. This is an acid trip that makes sense. And this right here, as you can see, this is Norton on the right, and this is the priest on the left. And you can see it's like reality. They're in two separate realities. And they're converging together as Norton creates the rest of this red door. I know it sounds kind of out there, man. And, um, you know, you try explaining. But now here is the barn itself. Wow, I really did a horrible job of centering that. Here, I'm going to change it real quick. All right, there we go. Um, So now, as you can see on the left here, we have Norton Sinclair and his psychiatrist. As he creates this door, he goes to unlock it because he had found a key way back in issue two. And now on the right side is the priest who is over the original ground that the red barn was originally constructed. And as you can see, they're, they're seeing the barn together. And then there's a shot at the very end where Norton and Sinclair, they both enter the the barn Okay, and they're looking at each other and the, 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 the area behind it's kind of like a, a pink color and they look kind of translucent to each other. And the priest looks at Norton Sinclair and goes, who the hell are you? So, holy shit, right? Like, are they in just different areas? Is this a wormhole? Is it in different dimensions? Like crazy, crazy, crazy shit, man. Uh, it's such a good book. It's it's illustrated so well. This is one of the best books, man. Uh, I'm not even into like 
the horror genre, but I love suspense. I love I love a good murder mystery. I like it when the pieces come together, and this is exactly what Gideon Falls gives you with some of the best artwork in comics today. So it's a fantastic book, guys. I really, really hope you get to check it out. Um, okay, the next book is, I'm going I'm to tell you the story. All right, so I got up this morning. And I'm, I'm trying to read the comic books, right? Trying to get, yes, Jason Jones says, Lamar Sorrentino is straight up PB&J. Fucking absolutely it is. Um, all right, so I see the Batman Who Laughs, which I loved the first issue. I'm like, oh, shit, let's, let's read it. I read it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is fucking awesome. This is exactly what I wanted out of this story. Fucking pick of the week. Already pick of the week. Well, it's not. Because the next book that I'm going to tell you about is pick of the week. It's a new book. This is the, this is the first issue. But right now we're talking about the Batman Who Laughs. So what made it so good, Blazing Defender? Well, I'm going to tell you. Um, this is the kind of story that I've been wanting from this book. If you don't know, the Batman Who Laughs from a Dark Dimension, he is Bruce Wayne. He is Batman, and in this dark dimension, he actually kills the Joker. Now, the Joker in this dimension is infected by what we find out is a Joker virus. So whoever kills the Joker, the virus is then passed on to that person. So now you have a Batman, same origin story, same training, same brains, same fighting skills, that is the Joker. Scary shit, right? Even Bruce in this issue tells Alfred, I don't know how to beat him. He's me. So he's already thought of how I would beat him. And he's, he's uh, made, made assurances against that. So in this issue, uh, Batman and the man who, the Batman who laughs end up meeting up. And we haven't really seen a lot of hand-to-hand out of the Batman Who Laughs from the metal Batman series by by Scott Snyder and and Greg Capullo that introduced him. Well, here you get the Batman fighting a group of um, Wayne Enterprise security, and you can see how brutal he is. And he's fast, and he's Batman. Like, you're finally getting it now. Like, this issue, I'm finally getting it. I'm like, holy shit, he is Batman. So Batman ends up showing up. Um, this is all a part of the Batman Who Laughs grand plan. Okay, so Batman finally figures it out. He's a little late, uh, obviously for these guys, <clears throat> and he shows up to take down the the Batman Who Laughs. And what's so cool about this is as he's fighting Batman, our Batman has already he already gets it. Like this dude knows everything I know. So I got to know more shit. He, he, I got to know something that he doesn't know. Because he's, he's here now. So he hasn't lived this life. You see what I'm saying? So he created a new fight style. Now who better to create a fight style, a martial art, than the master of all martial arts. Right? He said, Alfred called it Bam Pow. Which I think is a nod to the Adam West uh, Batman series, you know, bam, pow, you know. I thought that was a, uh, excuse me, a pretty good nod 
to that. But it's uh it's a it's a cool fighting style. Like Jock does the illustration very well in this fight in, in, in the in the fight that they have. Uh, but it's back and forth. Well, I've always told people why people like Superman. Batman could never beat Superman. He could, and he always will, because Batman will cheat. He'll cheat. What does the Batman who laughs do? He cheats. It's exactly what he would do. He would figure that Batman would probably develop a new martial arts style that he wouldn't be able to counter. So he cheats. He's got the Grim Knight with him. He brought him over from this other dimension. Now, who's the Grim Knight? The Grim Knight is basically Frank Castle if Frank Castle became Batman. Okay? The Grim Knight is Batman. He's one step ahead of everyone. He is, in his reality, he had he had Wayne Tech in all the cars. So, therefore, he could control your GPS. He could control your car. And the Batman who last even says he would drive people off a bridge and they would never know how they died. But it was the Grim Knight who killed them. I mean, this gun he has has a tracer bullet in it that will automatically, if Batman gets up, it will kill him before the Batman who last is done with him. Uh, this is just everything that I love about Batman. The the three steps ahead. It's this chess game that they're playing against each other. This Grim Knight character is fucking badass. He looks awesome. He's fantastic. Uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of this story right now. I'm so glad because, um, you know, it, it's it's everything I love about this character. And now you have this evil version that we've probably seen before in Owlman and the crime syndicate and everything. But there, this is the Joker. And he thinks like the Joker, right? So how does Batman beat him? Well, I'm not going to tell you. But on the last page of this issue, Commissioner Gordon is... Um, he has an idea of how to get into this Joker's mind. And I was like, when I seen the last page, I was like, oh, shit. We haven't seen this cat in a while, but he's back. So really, really cool. And there was another cool scene. I need to tell you this because I love how Batman's the master of disguise. And it looks like it's Harvey and Gordon talking about a death of another Bruce Wayne because that the Batman who laughs is killing Bruce Wayne from other dimensions and putting him in Batman's dimension. Why? We don't know yet. Batman's trying to figure it out. So you think it's Harvey talking to Gordon and then Gordon starts talking to Harvey differently like he's Batman. He was. But Batman has been injected with this Joker virus. I'm, I totally skipped over that. He's been injected with this Joker virus so he's on every Joker serum antidote he can his body can take to stave off the transformation. He's told Alfred he has like a week. So Batman is starting in, in certain areas to lose his shit. And there's a patrolman that comes up who he thinks it's Harvey, but it's not. It's Bruce. And he's like, hey, Harvey, who you got in the pool? And he's like, what pool? He's like, well, everybody says this Batman that laughs is going to get him this this time. And, you know, there's three buckets. What bucket you in? Fucking Bruce freaks out and grabs the guy. He's like, what's in the third bucket? 
huh? Is it, do, do I, does the Batman win in the third? And like, Gordon's like, uh, go back to your post, son. Like, he's like, Bruce, are you fucking okay? And Bruce is not okay. So there's another facet to this story. Like, Bruce is trying to maintain himself before he becomes the next Batman that laughs. A lot of stuff going on, man. It's all so fucking good. Uh, the illustrations are great. I love Jock. It's a little messy, but when you get into this type of story that's kind of horror-related with this new Joker, uh, it, it, it just fits. Uh, peanut butter and jelly, as, as, as somebody said in the chat a minute ago. This story is fucking wonderful. I love it. I give it a nine. Um, it's It was better than the first issue. And it, I can now, we can finally see where the story might be going, but we still don't know what this Joker's, uh, the the Batman who laughs. We don't know what his plan is yet, and neither does Bruce. So you always love it when Batman, who everybody thinks can beat anybody, when maybe he can't. So it's going to be really interesting to find out what happens. Okay, uh, guys, pick of the week. Man, and it was a surprise. This is a big shocker for me. Um, I read this book because I really, really like... Uh, I, I like Namor. Um, and I really like what they're doing, bringing his character back. And he's basically declaring war on the surface world. The Avengers have been trying to talk to him, to reason with him. He's not having it this time. This issue really really sets a stage for what's to come and it it's not only going to be brutal it's going to be heartbreaking uh we all know the uh, bucky toro or not toro i'm sorry uh jim i can't remember jim's last name but jim the original human torch who's an android mind you um he's still around captain america these guys were the original invaders when they fought world war ii right so um here, I'm going to give you the first. I'm going to show you what the artwork looks like. Okay, this is the artwork. Uh, I love this shot because it's Cap. Cap is having a conversation with Jim. Jim's writing a book. The original Human Torch is writing a book about uh, the invaders, uh, or I'm sorry, the defenders and, and the Great War, right? So he's writing this book, and he wants people to remember Namor as he was. Now, Namor is just murdered some people on TV, everybody knows it. Um, so he's not in a good light uh, from the, in the public perception. So Jim wants people to hear, Jim wants the people to hear from people that know about Namor the hero. Okay. And he's begging Cap in this shot right here to, we don't need to punch him in the face again. We need to help him. Promise me you'll help him to Cap. Okay. So um, here you have, th there's a flashback scene. And, uh, oh gosh, Jason Geist uh, is doing the artwork here. And it's so like retro. Like you could tell by looking at it, it's a very retro style. And it's perfect for a flashback. Like you have this art. Oh, I need to hit the transition button. There we go. Sorry about that. Because uh, I'm looking at two screens here, and I just didn't transfer it over to you guys. But this is the this is the style of art that I'm talking about that's done in the flashback. And what had happened was um, Namor was unable to save a soldier in the regiment during the war. Namor took it very, very 
poorly. Okay, Cap knows this. So Cap goes to get Namor. He goes to find Namor for the burial. And Namor's in this bar. He's grabbing these, you know, he's he's grabbing chicks. He's buying drinks. And of course, he's no shirt, which I think is awesome. And he's in his Speedos, which I think is awesome. And Cap's like, look, man, this and how we mourn are dead. Okay, this is disrespectful. You need to be at the funeral. And he's like, why do I care about you water sacks? And he grabs this dude in this top, in this top page. He's got him by the throat. And then he ends up throwing him down. And Cap's basically like, get your ass to the fucking funeral, Namor. And you can see him squaring off right here. Like, Namor plays bad. And then when Cap's like, get your shit together, son. And and then like here at the bottom, which I thought was a great touch, there's Bucky. Bucky's there with Namor. And then Buck's like here. He's like, you too, Buck. Like, hey Buck, I see you, but you're getting your ass to the funeral too. So uh that's a great shot. And then here is another where Namor does show up to um to to the funeral. Um, I don't even know why. Oh, right here. I love this. Like they were about to fucking come to blows, and then in this corner here, they hug each other. It's like Namor saying, hey, man, thanks for accepting me for the asshole that I am and putting me in my fucking place. Like, there's such a love and a mutual respect between Namor and Cap, and this is the reason I love this. It gives me chills because this is going to go to shit. This is going to shit because this is a long time ago, right, This the scene we're seeing. Okay, Uh, I've got a lot of pages from this book, man. Okay, now we're getting back into the regular artwork, right? And this is what I wanted to show you. This is the reason I chose this. Okay, there was a time when Namor came back from the war for whatever reason. We don't know why. And Cap and Jim, they don't know why either. But Namor walked the earth as an amnesiac. He had no memory of who he was. Okay, so as Jim goes to get the soldier's account that he that Namor had saved this soldier and he's like hey you know like this dude's like well into his 90s uh he's like hey I got something for you I want you to take these photos because I want people to remember Namor for who I remember him as so this chick right here his daughter is like no 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 you can't have those um he's out of his mind these are family heirlooms we want these so as he goes to hand it to her a picture drops out and jim grabs it and he's like whoa wait a minute and right down here in this last panel as you can see it's namor the soldier to the left and then this bald guy to the right now dollars of donuts who you want to who you think this is all right i'm gonna give you a little better shot right here here it is okay it's professor xavier so, Jim is like, whoa, wait a minute. Why is Professor Xavier in this picture with Namor? Okay, so now was Namor, uh, you know, did he have amnesia while he was walking the earth at this time? And the whole time um, this, this, this story is going on, Namor in present time is gathering his troops to fight this war. He's going to this other tribe that has kind of separated himself from Atlantis. And he's basically like, hey, you guys are always noble warriors. I'm going to give you one more chance to come on because I'm going to need everybody when I fucking take over the surface. And they're like, basically, fuck you, Namor. We don't want no part of you. You love those people. You're a halfling. 
Does it sound familiar? You know, Aquaman story, right? So Namor, this is a this is kind of a spoiler, but I've got to tell you, Namor has a new ability, guys. And it's very much like a DC character's ability. Namor basically takes this tribe that is underwater and moves the water away from it. So now they're all like, we can't breathe, we can't breathe. And the guy even says, the leader of this tribe goes, how did you move the water? And Namor's basically like, there's a lot of shit you don't know about me. And I'm like, oh, damn. How the fuck? This is all new. And that's what leads us into this. Is he a... Um, what was he doing while he was walking this earth? And and this guy even says he's talking to a... Um, he's talking to one of his soldiers and he says, Namor's plan's going to change everything. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, he's just going to go to war with the surface world, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be the status quo. And the guy's like, no, Namor told me his plan. It changes everything. So all of this is leading up to Namor's big plan that he has uh, for this battle at Atlantis that's going to be a big story arc coming up soon in comics. But Cap, I love this last shot. It's the reason I had to show you. Cap calls Winter Soldier. Bucky, he's like, hey, man, you and I know this guy. He'll listen to us, but I need your help. And Buck's like, when we leave. So, you know, I love... Love, love, love Bucky and Cap. Love them together. And this whole trying to save Namor from himself, which is not going to happen. Okay? Uh, I'm just, I'm so pumped about it. Uh, yes, Namor is the original mutant, Brian. He is the original mutant. Uh, and maybe it's a latent mutant ability he's able to able to move water but i think it's going to come more the the professor x thing is definitely a um an easter egg uh they're 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 foreshadowing something that's going to be coming with xavier uh but yeah first mutant professor xavier it makes sense right but we've never seen this before this is a new story so yeah really really cool man i cannot fucking wait um First issue, guys, blow me away, 9.5. The art, even though it's two different artists, is good. The I've showed you the difference in the art styles. It's very retro. The, the, the Butch Geist stuff is very, very retro. Uh, I love it. Um, the heavy black, it just looks old and dated, and that's how that story should look. The new art, which is the page I'm showing you right now, is it's not great. It's not mind blowing, but it's good. It's definitely good enough. I love the way they draw Cap. Um, so yeah, it's going to be really, really cool. And as you see right here in this third panel down from the top, this is a like a sub, uh, like a not a Submariner suit, but like a uh, an underwater suit that Cap's going to use next issue. Apparently, so we're going to get to see that. Hope it looks pretty cool. Hope it looks better than this right here because that looks kind of generic. But um, very, very cool stuff, man. Like I said, 9.5, Invaders number one, um, cannot wait. Um, Yeah, let's see. 
Yeah, well, Casey said it's so weird every time they bring up Namor's heroic story when he's flooded New York twice and killed hundreds of people. Right. But I think that's that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to like there there was a time like this story is great because it gives you that other side when when that soldier dies Namor is out of water he's kind of delirious everybody's like hey Namor dude when's the last time you were in water you're not good and he's like I've got to save him because he really liked this kid and this kid died because Namor couldn't save him so Namor like of course as a child and that's kind of what Namor has been. Throughout the comic books, he he pouts and he lashes out, and that's what Namor does. But this is just—it shows you that other side, and that needs to be the balance, right? Yeah, he's a murderer, dude. He's a mass murderer. So where do Cap? Where do Cap and them go for? And Cap even tells Jim that he's like he's a murderer now, Jim. And Jim's like, look, man, we're his friends, and it's kind of like where do you draw the line with friendship and? Oh, you're a mass murderer now. Sorry, we can't hang out and drink beer no more. You know what I mean? So uh, I love that when they they really humanize these characters that, you know, are just kind of above humanity, right? Uh, Let's see. Impressive issue to top. Uh, Okay, Jason says, you know, it must be a pretty impressive issue to top Dune's comeback in FF4. I have not read FF4 yet. It is on my list to read. Uh, I have not read it. There's several books I haven't read this week. These are just the first four books I read. And I'm like, holy shit. To talk about these books and give them ample time, I just I can't do a two-hour comic book show or I would. Um, but I will tell you, I hate, hate, hate the interior art on the Fantastic Four. Asad Rabik's covers, oh my God, why couldn't they have him as the artist? I love his doom. It looks fantastic. Uh, it was in ta- fantastic in Secret Wars, but... You know, the you know, I look at the cover and then I open it up and I'm like, it's total letdown. It's like Brie Olson's ass compared to Brie Larson's ass. Total fucking letdown. So yeah, wasn't with it. Uh, but I will read it because it is Doom versus Galactus. And who don't fucking want to see that? I do. So I'm definitely gonna read it. But uh yeah, it's I'm telling you, man. Between that and the Batman Who Laughs, I I guarantee you I won't read something better than those two this week. Um, but I'm very, very hyped about the books this week. They're fantastic, man. Like, I love weeks like this. Like, they're so good. It, it, it makes you, you know, because you guys know, you guys go to comic shops. Um, you, sometimes you're just, you know, you're not ever, like, let down. But, like, say a title doesn't come out that really moves you. And you're just buying your really regular shit because you've been buying your regular shit. It's kind of a letdown that week, right? You know, you may read a decent book, but you want to, uh, you want to be blown away. And I was fucking blown away, man. So that's that's why I read comic books. I hope that's why you read comics. And so when you do read something that gives you this, uh, this emotional feeling, that's what comic books are supposed to do, man. It's supposed to make you happy. It's supposed to make you think a little bit. Um, yeah. So good shit, dude. Guys, get out to your comic shops, man. I talk about this shit all the time, but get out there. Uh, like the guy that asked me about Deadpool. Yeah, man, that's a big title to, to try to hunt down. So I was trying to give him some Deadpool stories that I liked and I think he would like. Um, but, you know, like I said, if you go to The Zone, Dan can help you 
Anybody at a, com- a comic book shop should be willing to help you find something that you can be into. And that's kind of reason I do this show, right? I try to talk about these things, maybe get you excited to go out and buy in- Invaders, or I'm sorry, Defenders number one, or Gideon Falls. Maybe that's up your alley. So yeah, get out, man. Support support the the industry. Um, you know, it's it's not a dying industry, but everything is going digitally. So we need to keep comic books in print. Um, I'm hoping that they're always being print, but you never know what the future holds, right? But uh, guys, uh, that's it for the show. Thank you so much for supporting me and and, and tuning in and watching. It means the world to me. Um, I've got a lot of shows coming up. Uh, we're going to, me and some other hosts from other networks are going to get together and collaborate on some stuff. We're going to be talking about like our favorite comic book stories, uh, not just one issue, but like a story arc. So that's going to be interesting. You're going to want to tune in for that. And, uh, I always like to, to be positive when I, when I sign off and, uh, I'm going to sign off by saying this guys, uh, the, the, the world is, is fucked up. There's no other way to put it. You can't disagree with anybody. You can't have an opinion of yourself or people attack you. You don't have to like what I like. You don't like the uh, Defenders? Fucking fine. You don't have to like it. Um, But maybe you do. Maybe you don't. And this is why you don't. So when somebody disagrees with you because they don't see your point of view, just um, take that uh, not as a personal attack, but try to learn from it. Like maybe they do have a good point, but over your anger, you can't separate your anger from your common sense or from your being able to rationalize why that person thinks the way they do. They may have a different upbringing, you a different outlook on life that you have. That's why they see things differently. It doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make them right. But we're in a society now that nobody can have a discussion and that's where we're failing. You need to have that discussion. You need to be able to articulate your words into where you don't piss people off. And maybe you can come to some common ground. Because some people are never going to be on your side and you're never going to be on theirs. But for us to coexist together as fucking humans, we need to be able to do that. Okay, And one of those things you can do is just treat people like you would want to be treated. Uh, don't be rude and nasty to people if you don't like being talked to that way. Don't cut people in line. Don't cut people off in traffic. Blah, blah, blah. The list goes on. Hold a door open for somebody. Even if they don't hold it open for you, hold the door open for somebody. Um, you know, just have manners. Just be polite. Try to be pleasant. And the world will just be a better place. You ain't got to do it all the time. God knows I don't. Uh, I lose my shit too. But I do try to be cognizant of that. And I would just ask the same of my listeners. I like to think as you, you guys... As a better class of people than someone that listens to, I don't know, botched. <laughs> That's a joke for all my botched buddies. Uh, check their show out. It's a great show also. But guys, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, if you have any feedback, you have any comic books you would like me to read and talk about on the air, I would love to do that. All you got to do is shoot me an instant message, uh, a Facebook message or whatever. Leave it on the page. I don't care. Hit me up personally. It all works out fine. Oh, and really quick, Jason Jones and Heather sent me this super cool print of Star-Lord. And Jason, if you want to give a shout out to the guy who did the artwork, I'm not sure who did it, but... Yeah, man, that's dope. 
it's a little big to go in my frame, so I'm going to have to kind of trim the white out a little bit to get it in one of my frames right, right behind me, but it's going up on the wall for sure. So thank you guys again for all your support. Oh, 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 and uh, Blazing Defender shirts. I know people have been asking. I haven't had some made in a while, but the GSTU has a merchandise store. If you go to the giantsizeteamupnetwork.com, there's a merch store. You can buy the Blazing Defender shirt with the skull, like on my shirt that has it on the back. It's on the front. I know some of you guys requested that. So, yeah, go to the merch store, get a Blazing Defender shirt, man. Uh, and, I, again, I always appreciate your support. Longest sign-off in podcasting history. But thank you again so much, guys. I'm out of here. Peace.